0: Welcome to Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Ota. Are you making the most of your experience as a spiritual being in physical form? Do you want to live with greater levels of peace and integrity? Today, Lisa and her guests will help you discover, uncover, and recover what's missing in yourself. Now, here's your host, Lisa Tremont Ota.
1: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota. And today we're going to be speaking about homeschooling, one of my very favorite topics. I have so many, but this is yet another. And um, I I find it really interesting that homeschooling can be such a sacred exploration. And one of the main reasons I feel that way is because it really takes a conscious decision and, and awareness, awareness that there's even an option to homeschool um, which I don't think a lot of people realize, and um, and then to to own your power and to to really take advantage of the opportunity to do so if it feels right for you. Um, my guest today, uh, Tamara Efron, who will I will introduce shortly. She's my one of my dearest friends, and uh, we grew up together in high school together in the church together, and. Basically, she started homeschooling before I did, and so she planted the seed for me to even be aware that there was such a possibility. And I remember when my first child, Eric, was about five years old and slated for high school. I mean, it's a high school. Let me jump the gun there a bit. Slated for kindergarten, kindergarten. And the big thing in that, at that time was whether or not you got AM kindergarten or PM kindergarten, morning or afternoon. And most of us wanted morning kindergarten, which meant that we needed to line up, like going to a concert, you know, you get your seat in line, first come, first serve. And I remember sitting there next to a woman. And I started talking about homeschooling a lot in line for this public school kindergarten experience. And, um, you know, it just felt to me like, the decision to enter kindergarten in in the public school system was such an unconscious act. Like it was just something that you do. Your kid turns five, you go to kindergarten, you don't really think too much about it. You just go through the motions. But because of my friend Tamara, I was aware of the fact that uh, we do have options. We do have choice in regard to how we school our kids. And so even though I did sign him up for morning kindergarten, he did attend, and in fact attended public school through uh, the second grade. Um, I began homeschooling him when he was in third grade, which is another cosmic universal twist because before becoming a nutritionist, I had wanted to be a third grade teacher. And lo and behold, it turns out that the first year I homeschool is when my son is in third grade. So that was that was kind of cosmic. Um, so in any case, it was homeschooling has truly been just one of the best, hands down, no doubt about it, decisions of my life. Like I am so grateful for that opportunity that I had with my children, and I believe that they're grateful for the opportunity that they had as well. So I am just in debt. Debted to my friend Tamara for her vision that she had before I had and for her sharing it with me um, so that, that I too could have that experience. And today I want to open up the exploration with all of you, our listeners, so that if you still have the opportunity to homeschool your kids or if your kids are already in public or private school and you're thinking that there might be a different route that might be better for them, um, or if you know somebody else who could benefit, uh, this program's for you. So uh, with that, I would like to introduce my dear friend Tamara. Uh, Tamara's path was to be an actress, similar to how mine was to be a, a teacher and then took a different angle. Hers was to be an actress, but along the way, she found an AIDS hospice through her Science of Mind minister, Uh, She was the bereavement counselor there, assistant director, and then went on to be the temporary director of a 21-bed hospice in South Central LA. Not an easy task. And along the way, she founded Tanya's Children, a nonprofit agency to help children who were orphaned by the AIDS epidemic. After having her own children, she went on to become a La Leche League leader and a quality parent instructor. And the right of motherhood was a great one for her, guided by a strong tribe of families in the homeschooling movement. And uh, after homeschooling her kids, it was time to help them get into college because, yes, it is true that homeschooled kids do go to college. That is an option. Um, So, with that, Tamara, welcome to Sacred
2: Exploration. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Oh,
1: it's so exciting. And thank you, Tam, for all your uh, support of Sacred Exploration. You're just so wonderful about sharing and your enthusiasm and participating in our conversations. I, I can't thank you enough.
2: Well, it's one of my favorite shows, and I'm really falling in love with the whole Empowerment radio station. There's a couple other shows I'm really into. So you've also introduced me to a whole new world that I didn't know about.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. So, you know, I've explained just a little droplet about my entry into homeschooling. Of course, this is such a favorite topic. We could go on for weeks and years, but you are going to begin by sharing with us how you came to even know that there was a homeschooling option and how you made that decision for yourself and your children.
2: Sure. Um, I was actually um, with a group of women in a park and we were just learning how to breastfeed. And, um, I knew I wanted to breastfeed. I wanted to give myself, um, my kids a really, um, healthy start. Um, so we were just sitting around a park in Tarzana and as the children were getting older, the older children were still around us and it was so lovely. You know, people were bringing picnic lunches and we were holding our babies and the little children were playing around us. And, um, it was um, unique, and I didn't you know, quite wonder why there were so many older children around us, but then I started to realize that all of these families were homeschooling. <laughs> so the older ones would come up and take the baby, or uh, a middle one would come up and play with another sibling, and there was like a virtual uh, park school going around right in front of my eyes, and um, everything from the children knew what medicine to grab out of the homeopathy bag if somebody other's, you know, child fell in their family. And um, I just saw such independence and family life. And I felt like I was on a farm in the middle of Los Angeles. And I was so inspired by it. So my girlfriends and I started talking about um, what we were going to do with our four-year-olds at the time. They were all boys and they were very... um, uh, active. <laughs> and one of my friends had a five-year-old and he just wasn't fitting in. They wanted him to sit down and be quiet. And, um, they basically wanted to like kick him out of kindergarten if he didn't behave. And so we started just meeting once a week and playing games and getting to know one another. And, um, that grew, um, into about 10 families. And then we found another 10 families in another area in LA and another 10 families, To the point where we were 50 families strong, you know, sitting at a park um, right by my house and doing everything uh, from Shakespeare plays to sign language to um, musical instruments to studying heroes in our country. And um, basically, I was learning how to cook because all these women were bringing all these beautiful salads and healthy food so and, it wasn't um, just
1: uh, homeschooling for the kids it was for you as well and yeah, yeah, yeah. we all yeah so it was a community mm-hmm.
2: and um yeah so there's a lot of different ways to get into it and i can share the specific uh way that we went which was different than many of my friends and a little different than what you did too i think it's important to know that there's a lot of options right so what
1: do you mean about the way that you entered
2: um well because um I, we were a little bit um, more nervous, I guess. Uh, we wanted a little. We wanted to make sure there was structure. Um, we actually homeschooled through an independent study program through our local school. I see. So you go and you fill out an independent study form, and they give you all the books. And um, the only requirement is that you meet with one of their teachers every three weeks. And for us, for my husband at the time, um, that was very important. Um, Mm -hmm. Many of the people that I was um, homeschooling with were doing unschooling, which we can talk a little bit about. But um, he felt that that there was a check in that that made him feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So uh, every three weeks we'd meet with the teacher and we would just show one sample of each subject. And uh, we were following the state curriculum to a little to a point. I did science once a month and social studies once a month. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how much they do it in actual public school. But we did an hour of school every day, including Sundays and including summer. And that was it. And mm-hmm. um, so that's that's the path we took. And um, that just basically gives you, gives you curriculum for free. And it also gives you an opportunity to take the tests to see where your kids are, if, if you're into that. Um, my kids liked it, they had fun. They never thought it was anything, um, and, uh, and then there's the different ways uh, that we can talk about the way that you did it and the way other unschooling families do
1: it. Right. As well. well, I guess I entered kind of with the same sort of fears where um, I didn't know. I felt a little overwhelmed by the whole thing, being new to it and, and not knowing really how to do it, and I had already set myself up with two other major projects that I was committed to seeing through. And so I, I really wanted it to be kind of handed to me as in, in an easiest way as possible. So we ended up uh, registering with the California Virtual Academy, CAVA, which is um, basically like a public school, but it's online. And similarly, you meet with uh, a coordinator. It may have changed now, just for the record. I mean, it's been some years. I'm sure they've updated some things, but um, we would meet with, uh, you know, a teacher, uh, coordinator once every, I can't remember if it was once every month or three months, but we did do that routinely. And then there would be coordinated events that we could attend and the kids could take the star test and do all that stuff as well as we wanted. But most of the, the class material was given through uh, the internet and as well as tangible material. So you could do it either way. You could do it through online or you could also do it using the hardcover books and such. But most of the testing was online. But it, it was good for me because um, it did really hand to me all the curriculum that I would need to get them going. And, and then we could adjust to what life was like in general with homeschooling and also participating in um, online groups like homeschooling groups in our area where we would have chess clubs and cooking clubs and Lego building clubs and all that kind of fun stuff and coordinated park (laughs) days and retreats. And, Oh, it was just so much fun. And, um, but I did, I do remember that I felt a little bit overwhelmed by it because even though it was independent, it was still part of the public school curriculum. And it was just like, if, I mean, I couldn't do any of the optional things like option on top of what was already required was a lot. Um, Right. And so what happened for me over time, I think we did that for two years. And then over time, you know, my, my desire for freedom and flexibility just continued to grow and, you know, basically hasn't stopped. And so I wanted more freedom. And so then we ended up finding another group, still a group that we could connect with, but um, we got to pick more of our curriculum and design it and, um, yeah, it was just, it was just, there was more flexibility with it and not quite the same pressure, but, you know, just to kind of encapsulate things for the listeners. So for myself, I ended up homeschooling, I have two boys and they were uh, three, two school years apart. And um, so I ended up teaching my oldest when he entered third grade and my youngest entering first grade. And I, some of the subjects I could teach in the middle, like history, I would teach to both of them at the same time and science, even the math, they were at different levels reading, you know, was different and things like that. But, um, we ended up homeschooling for six years and then my eldest entered high school in a private school setting. And then my youngest entered the private school setting at seventh grade. And, uh, and now my oldest is at UC Santa Cruz and my youngest is at USC. So, um, you know, it's a journey that I, I think you're going to speak to as well, that you can do this for part of your child's educational experience or all of it. You can do some of it as you did leave it and then come back to it again as needed So your overall story, if you want to share. Well,
2: I just also, before that, wanted to say that what you did was a really um, good thing that I was telling parents, um, that I try to tell parents when they're struggling with their kids, like right at the moment, you know, what do I do? You know, my kid's getting D's in high school and completely unmotivated, doesn't know what their passion is, and doesn't have any passion to study. You can hop on to something like what Lisa did with Kava, and there's several different um, companies now that do that. And you can just do online at school, which takes a little bit of the pressure off um, because you're not actu- you are not actually—you don't actually have to be physically teaching a high schooler necessarily. It's more like an online college class, which we can also talk about that because we'll talk about it later, but there is no uh, need for high school and homeschooling. You can go straight to community college, start online classes if you live in a rural area, um, once you're 12. And in California, um, you can start um, your AA when you're 13, so um, you can just skip right over all of the high school drama if you like. Or um, do we have time see, to talk about well, my I, story before break? Or there's
1: no. Well, we're not having a break to exactly today, so we'll just okay. go with our flow. Um, <laughs> oh, I just, I just, uh, you know, it's so interesting. Uh, this is why homeschooling. I just want to impress upon everyone that it's, it's such a sacred exploration because it's unique to every child and family, the way that you do it. Like you're saying, yeah, some people, they can skip out on the high school drama and and go into college. And like for us, part of the reason that we went back into the system is because we we didn't want to feel like we missed out on that high school experience, even with all the drama. So you know, we just didn't want to get to the end point and I was also kind of reaching my limits and boundaries on on able, you know, what I could teach, even though I want to make it clear to our listeners that so, so much of uh, homeschooling is not the parent actually doing the teaching. You can teach as much as you want, but yeah. a lot of times it's coordinating, like you'll bring your child to a Spanish teacher or to a science teacher. So you don't have to take all, because I hear so many parents say, oh, I could never teach my kid this or that. And it's like, well, you don't have to, you know, so just yeah. making that clear. So go ahead. Yes. Finish your,
2: Oh, um, <laughs> well, actually what you said made me think of something that, um, a lot of that happens with my clients is, um, I can remember, um, when Eric, I believe it was Eric was telling you what his needs were. And, <laughs> um, I really listen for the voice of the child when I'm talking to my clients, because I remember, um, when I was, uh, friends with you, you were talking to me about what Eric was saying. And I was saying, it sounds like Eric's soul knows what he wants to do. And, you know, my kids didn't have that because basically, um, I, uh, I fell in love with being a mom and at four years old, I didn't want to send him off. So I saw this beautiful community and just started schooling him. They didn't know schooling or unschooling. They just were homeschooled, but, um, Leland did it until fifth grade, and then he entered middle school in sixth grade, which um, works for some, you know. Um, I, you know, I I don't know. I think middle school is a pretty frightening place, but that's where Leland entered in a little small charter school, and um, socially and academically uh, worked for him. He got excellent grades, and he he had a pretty strong middle school um, faculty. Uh, My daughter, Lexi, went in in fourth grade and her experience was terrible in fourth and fifth grade. They basically had her tied to the desk. She couldn't even get up to get a tissue. Uh, All testing, all worksheets, nothing. She hated it. She cried all the time. But when she got into high school, so she stayed in school after fourth grade. So she was homeschooled for uh, four years and schooled for eight years, where my son was homeschooled for eight years and schooled for four years. Um, she didn't love high school at the beginning, but she will share that it was an awesome experience and she's glad she went through it, which I'm sure <laughs> it's, great well. it's great to even have that perspective.
1: It's great. she you fact, know, right. fact, I was
2: somewhere where somebody was really struggling with high school with their kids. And I was, I was, um, being a little snarky and saying, uh, yeah, there's just no reason for that you know uh children being under the watch of adults after they're 16 sitting in rooms all day you know and my daughter was like but actually I had a very healthy you know very interesting high school experience and you know looking back she's glad she did it she met her some of her best friends that she's been friends with till now and Lisa and I met you know in um high school so um There, you know, one thing I learned from a La Leche League conference, a speaker one time is every single decision you make, there's a moral and there's a lesson to be learned in every single decision you make, whether you school, you unschool, we're not saying there's a right and wrong. We just really want people to know that there's um, possibility and that there's options.
1: Right. And there are just so many reasons to homeschool. Like you mentioned, sometimes kids might be suffering uh, socially in school or academically. For me, I mean, it was also somewhat of a selfish reason because I felt like, oh my gosh, here, my kids are only in first grade and they have homework at night. And my parents, their grandparents who, were able to spend lots and lots of time with them in their earliest years, suddenly weren't seeing the kids as much. And it's not that my parents didn't have the time, it's that the kids didn't have the time between school and their after-school activities and such. And I thought, oh my gosh, like do I really want to use these next 10 years of their life to not be in the presence of their grandparents who maybe after 10 years may not even be in the kind of health to spend time with them. And so that was kind of my initial reason, but my Virgo, my Virgo mind and then Virgo sun and Lever rising. So I'm very analytical and I like to weigh out the pros and the cons and look at things from all angles. And I got to tell you, I did that with the homeschooling and, and there were a lot of reasons, um, a lot of reasons to do it. And I, I got my husband to back me up on that at the time, but almost as soon as he made his decision He backed out. It kind of freaked him out. And it was mostly the social issue that freaked him out. And I decided, well, I still love homeschooling. I'm still gonna read about it. I'm passionate about it. I stayed in touch and paid attention to what the kids were going through during the school year. And I saw that like, for example, in kindergarten, the teacher was reading a story and towards the end of the the morning before they go home, they all sit on their color rows, and, the teacher, one of the kids said, oh, Mrs. So-and-so, you never finished that story. And she said, oh, you're right. So she goes to get the book. And while she's reading the book, the kids on the yellow line go get their lunch boxes and then come back. And then the kids on the red line go and get their lunch boxes and come back. And then I'm sitting there and I thought, oh my gosh, like not one kid really got to hear the whole entirety of this story which is being picked up like a week later from when it was start began. And you know, that's just one example of just things that are not in our children's best interest. And, and that social thing, I remember sometimes I would freak out and like after homeschooling for two years, like, Oh my God, are my kids missing out on the the recess experience and the playground experience. And I would call you up and say, Tam, help me out. And I remember you saying like, Oh my gosh, like, And and all these mothers whose kids were public schooled would be saying, you know what? Your kid isn't missing out on anything. When the kids go out for recess, by the time they finish their lunch and get out there and figure out what the heck they want to do, the bell rings and it's time for them to come back in. Whereas we could go off to a park and it could take the kids half an hour to figure out what they want to do. And if they wanted to play for another two hours or three hours, we could do it. They could do it. So there are just... I mean, I really, there could be like a hundred reasons to do it. And that's so yeah. beautiful.
2: And um, that actually um, reminds me of this book that I wanted to share with the audience by John Gatto, uh, G-A-T-T-O. Uh, is this a good time I could sure. share that? No, please. Okay. His book is called Dumbing Us Down. And um, he was asked at a conference that I saw him at, what big ideas are important to children? And, um, you know, basically he was saying that, well, what he thinks is important to children is that they're not, that their learning isn't peculiar and idiosyncratic. When he was a teacher, and I can read you his bio at some point if we have time, it's interesting, but he said when he's a teacher, he's teaching out of context, teaching too much material, not, nothing's related, everything's disconnected, confusing, incoherent. Um, There's age segregation that doesn't exist anywhere else on the planet and standardized tests, you know, obviously. And if you take a closer look at school curriculum, um, there's a constant violation of order and nature um, and natural order. So um, what happens is kind of what happened to Lisa is that and I didn't think about this until recently that we end up in a school system because everybody else is doing it. It's actually legal. I mean, there is a truancy issue if you, if you don't homeschool uh, or go to school. You, you, you can't just be out there on the streets, you know.
0: It's at illegal. At five, you know,
2: hanging with your Marlboros mm-hmm. or whatever. But, um, so we get in there and we, we don't, we, as parents, we don't quite figure out how unnatural it is for a while. It takes a while for us to kind of figure it out. And there's people that have their kids in school now that know it's not right, but they don't know how to do it right. differently. They're like a little bit overwhelmed. They work. I work with people now with my new business, Dakota Academy, where I'm trying to help people find ways to homeschool and work because you know some people can't stay home right but um, a a lot of it is just this story that we've been told um in the book dumbing us down and in some other books that he writes um he shares about how our school system in america was basically set up uh similar to germany um and the reason they needed school systems in germany is everybody had to go to work during the war and um What happened was the German school system was set up on these time periods, you know, a half hour to 40 minute time periods with bells and whistles. And that's the other thing um, that drove me crazy when my kids went back to school was they could never really finish anything. They were constantly interrupted. Um, And that's one thing we don't have in homeschooling. Um, We can actually do one subject an entire day and kids can fall in love with it. And I can remember my kids being into magnets for like a month. Um, oh, all different things. Lisa, I'm sure has a million stories with her kids. Uh, well, you know, uh, um, Tam. I, I, and
1: yeah. Uh, you know, we are gonna take a commercial break. Okay. So um, I, everyone stay with us. This is really just such great conversation about homeschooling. I'm here with my guest, Tamara Efron. I'm Lisa Tremont Ota, your host on Sacred Exploration. We'll be right back.
0: Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa Tremont and Lisa Ferrer this April for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series, so call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925-497-2529, or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, sacredexploration.com, and imperfectlyvegan.com.
2: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont-Ota, and I'm here today speaking with my guest, Tamara Efron, about homeschooling, a topic that we're both passionate about because we both homeschooled our children in different ways and for different periods of time but you know I'll also say that what one of the great things about homeschooling is that we got to uh, spend more time together as moms and friends and with our kids than we would have if we were not homeschooling I mean we I would go down to LA and we would spend time in the museums and and she would come up to Northern California and we would spend time at the at the uh, lumber yard or whatever, the adventure <laughs> yeah. playground in Berkeley, where the kids would use hammers and nails and all kinds of things to build structures. And, and because of that experience, our kids, because again, we're like you know besties from high school. And it's so wonderful that our kids, because of that experience especially, were able to get to know each other and are still very close to this day. It just was so formative in terms of building relationships.
2: It is really a beautiful thing. And all of the homeschoolers uh, talk about it. I have, um, at any one point during um, spring break, there were at least four or five children here, sometimes 12 or 13. And um, some of them are from um, a youth group, a Jewish youth group that my kids are a part of, a leadership group, but many of them are homeschoolers and they've known them since they were four or five years old. Um, Mm Lexi's best friend who she knows through a youth group has been dating Leland's best friend who he's known since, well, I've known um, Tal's mother since uh, he was two. And, um, you know, these friendships are just beautiful. We've been at their bar mitzvahs, at their Hanukkah parties for years. And um, each family in homeschooling talks about that. Um, Some of our friends have never went to public school. They've homeschooled all the way through college and are in college now or graduated from college. Um, but these friendships um, are so, so deep and um, supportive. And a lot of things that you don't see in public schools. I worked in private schools for seven years and I got to see a little bit of it. Um, the whole seventh grade, um, uh, you know, Internet, the uh, thing going down you know in, with seven grade girls is happening even in sweet private Jewish schools it's um, it's something that happens but the kids in in homeschooling you know I was at a wedding a couple of years ago with a friend of mine and there were 30 homeschooled kids there. And my friend had taught them all sign language and they all got up and signed a oh, John Mayer song, a beautiful song about how we're going to change the world oh. um, for her. And they're laughing. And I mean, these bonds are just so deep because you have time. Right. And it's, I think that's why it's a little overwhelming for people to think about homeschooling is because they're not used to having that much time with their kids. Um, so you do have to do a lot of self work because, um, y- you don't get to drop them off at eight in the morning, pick them up at two o'clock, or if they go to aftercare, you pick them up at five o'clock. Um, most of our friends who are in school, um, we don't see at all, uh, mm-hmm. even on the weekends, um, especially once they get into middle school and high school, nobody sees one another anymore because even if the parents have time to connect, um, I have dear friends whose kids have five tests in one week in high school or two projects. I had times when my kids in seventh grade had two giant projects and we weren't able to see their grandparents when they were in school. We weren't able to. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But when they were homeschooling, we just pack up the car, go up to see my dad in Clear Lake, hang out on the lake, learn about algae in the lake, learn about my father's life, which was incredible. He was an entrepreneur and he was a president of savings and loans. And he would tell us all kinds of stories about the, um, that, the, uh, the financial institutions of America. And even my mom, you know, she worked in uh, corporate America and ran hotels and always had really interesting stories, you know, to tell the children. And, um, those are memories, you know, that, um, you hope other children have, but it's just time time. You get so well, that's, much of your time back, like you were saying.
1: Well, yeah. Well, one of the interesting things for us was that, uh, when we started homeschooling, just like a month later, we found out that, uh, their father, their grandfather was dying of cancer, pancreatic cancer. And, um, we were able to go over and spend a lot of time with him. We would go out to the park and go kite flying and looking at crab cove at the crabs and ocean life. And, and he passed probably about three months into homeschooling, but I thought to myself, wow, if the kids were in school, they might have seen him like one more time before he passed. But this way they actually got to be a part of his dying process. And it was a very gentle process. And it was such a, a, much more natural experience and when you think about it in the big picture of life especially since they were only in first and third grade at the times I mean how much more value they got being able to have that sort of flexibility and another another example is uh, my husband then also he didn't want to take vacations when there was like long lines like if you were going to go to Disneyland or something and all you know everyone goes at the same time cuz all the kids are on break and I said well look you know I mean if we're going to take a vacation we have to go when the kids are out of school and it just didn't really work for him that well so when we ended up homeschooling it was perfect for him we could go whenever we wanted even according to his schedule when there were no lines and and just you know enjoy that. I, I always hoped that I could be maybe the homeschooler that took my kids off to Europe for three months or something like that, but that didn't happen. And, well, you, know,
2: you, did, you, did it, you did take them off to Europe at some point.
1: Yeah, That's true. That's true. Not, not quite for an extended, you know, but but it is true that when we did take our trips, we would bring the homeschooling with us. And I, I love doing that. And I think they were okay with it too, too a bit. I want to go back to something um, we were talking about earlier and you had mentioned, you know, kind of more of this intuitive vibe that, that, yes, there's a lot of logical reasons to homeschool, but there's also just this deep intuitive feeling that there's more for our kids than sending them off and sitting with the same kids basically throughout their life because they're in the same classroom with kids, but they travel with that same age kid throughout their entire academic experience, even through college. Whereas in homeschool, they're learning alongside kids who are younger and kids who are older, and they're out talking to adults more, and all of that stuff, um, but also from the standpoint of the dumbing down, that's what it was that that we were speaking to, it's really true that in the schools, they're teaching to the test, and the kids who maybe are, are at a faster pace are kind of held back a little bit. I mean, there's some efforts that the schools make to kind of meet that kid where they're at, but are not really sufficient. There's
2: no real way to meet that effort. I've worked in schools that are incredible and um, you can you can definitely give them some challenging work, but you, it, 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 I'm not saying all the schools because a lot of schools are changing now, but if you have a kid who can't sit still and needs to be not in a four wall situation and not in a desk situation, needs to be in a Google type of a classroom or just needs to be in nature, some children just need to be learning outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, some children need to be inspired by older children. And the schools do try some of this stuff. They try. But it's just it, <laughs> a lot easier to do in homeschooling, yeah. you know?
1: Well, and then the other thing is not just the dumbing down, but, you know, supporting the whole child and really exploring their interests. Like back in tribal times when they didn't go to schools, the the leaders, the elders would notice what skills and what interests... A child had and then they would nurture it like oh this child's really into a nature and the flowers and maybe they become a gardener or you know whatever it is is their passion you would nurture it and um it just feels like that's so much more available to us as parents through a homeschool situation now i did expose my kids to a lot of different things and i can't say that they became like an expert athlete or an expert musician or anything like that. And I, sometimes it perplexes me a little bit like to have done that homeschool broad view, but both of my kids are big thinkers. I just think that their perspective on life is so broad and that they're able to even recognize like your daughter, Lexi, like when they're in an institution, like it was a good experience. High school, it was an experience, you know, it's not right. like it didn't <laughs> define their life. And, yeah. but, but just to have this more, this broader uh, perspective in general.
2: Yeah, and it's almost like um, uh, imagining, you know, the production of a Thanksgiving feast, you know, each action is in sequence and in harmony with one another, you're doing it as a community, you're, you know, you're doing it as a family, it has a beginning, a middle and an end, you know, there's not a lot of that in schools, there's not a lot of beginning, middle and end, Um, it's more rare. Um, and for me, you know, one of my biggest reasons I homeschooled, which is so funny to me because it took me so long to learn about nutrition. I, it took me till I was well in my thirties was I wanted to teach my children about healthy food. And I thought if I send them off to school with that little lunchbox, what the heck am I going to put in there? You know, they're not (laughs) going to eat apples and carrots all day. And I found myself, um, basically on the road in homeschooling or in my kitchen. I was, we cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner together, my children. And um, I wasn't somebody as a child who spent time in the kitchen. My parents both worked. I was a latchkey kid. I was a Swanson's dinner kid. Um, You know, I I just love the idea of cooking with my kids. And that was a whole nother world that I wouldn't have gotten if they were in school.
1: Look, uh, we do have more time, but just to be sure we get it in, why don't you tell us a little bit about Dakota Academy and what you're doing there?
2: Okay. Um, So Dakota Academy um, started from um, my helping other people figure out how to homeschool. And I'd love to offer anybody who's listening um, to call me a complimentary session. I can work with you to figure out where you are. Um, some clients just need a little support to make school work for them. Um, I have one client whose son is in freshman but getting D's. And I said, there's no reason to be in a, in a high school getting D's. You can't do anything with that. You, you can't even get a community if you want to go to college, you know. Um, there's no reason to stay in school anymore if it's not inspiring to you. Sometimes they just need a little help getting inspired. Um, sometimes they need help transitioning out of school. I have a, uh, first grader who, um, is from Israel who needs to, um, move into second grade, but they're trying to hold her back, but developmentally she's quite mature. Um, there's all kinds of, um, ways that homeschooling can help you get you where you need to go. So that's why I opened Dakota Academy and also, um, I have Dakota Academy uh, for my own children when they were homeschooling as well as um, helping kids if they don't want to do high school and they do want to do college. We have college for free in California for two years, three years. So if you want to have a free college AA, I can help you with that as well.
1: Awesome. Thank you. And then, yeah. so people can find you on Facebook. Yeah. Is that the on best Facebook, way? Facebook
2: on Dakota Academy, uh, Instagram under quality parents. Um, and then my email, if you want to email me and I can give you a free session, is qualityparenting at gmail.com.
1: Thank you. Thank you for offering our listeners that. That's awesome, Tam. Absolutely. Well, I know I've benefited. Um, is
2: there? I did want to take you away from your intuitive, but just for me, the intuitive part was the... the um, food, which basically I went from, you know, being, uh, we basically were vegetarian and I just wanted to make sure that we talked about that as well.
1: Yeah, well, that's great. Um, I might be getting my son out here for a quick moment. We'll see if we have time, but, um, You know, I just, for the, for the listeners too, a lot of women would say like, oh, I could never homeschool. My kid comes home and he's just, you know, complains about his homework and we just butt heads and there's just no way. And then I say, well, if you were homeschooling, your kid wouldn't have homework like that. And, and the other thing is when a child comes home and they're trying to understand a math problem and you're trying to help them, you're not necessarily teaching them the way that they're learning in class. So there's a conflict, like that's not the way the teacher explained it. And they get all frustrated, understandably, but you know, if you're there and you're part of the process, or if they have a regular teacher that's handling that through your homeschooling, you know, that, that kind of problem is gone. Now, it's not for everyone, clearly. It's not for everyone. But I just, I feel that it, it's available to a lot more parents than they're giving themselves credit for.
2: Yeah. And what you were saying before about, you know, your child is um, basically in this building all day. Um, with sometimes the most amazing teacher, I mean, Virginia Masante was my drama teacher in Bowditch and changed my life. I mean, the support that I got from her, you know, I became an actress for many years. I pursued my dreams. Um, I'm not saying that all teachers are bad, but what happens if your little one is in a classroom where that teacher doesn't get him or her, mm-hmm. um, doesn't have an affinity for him or her? Think about my daughter who was in a calculus class of 42 kids. And the teacher straight up told us at parent-teacher conference, I can't teach your kids. It's impossible. They have to come in over breaks. So there's so much. um, What happened to me when I worked in the schools for seven years is that there's so much happening in schools that is under the adult radar. And right that isn't whole life. And that isn't nurturing. And even though we make mistakes as parents, we can clean it up. We know what we did wrong. You know, if we raised our voice or if whatever happened, there's so much that happens when your kids are in an institution for eight hours like that. That's so um, true. It's so I, random, yeah. like the random stuff that happens just, um, you know, um, what, 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 I always say when people are concerned about the socialization, you should be really um, thrilled if your parent if your kids don't learn to be socialized in public institutions, <laughs> right? Because well, nowadays uh, with the it's guns just issues very and very terrifying. And when my daughter first got into seventh grade and she was getting bullied on Instagram, um, I didn't know about it. She was trying to be brave. We were very close. We're very close now. She tells me everything. That's how I heard about this story. But um she was being bullied on Instagram and I didn't know it. And thank God she did go to a loving teacher, one of her middle school teachers who we still know till this day. And he brought the bullier into the room and uh, it was a male and he confronted the person. And I never knew this happened, but so great of my daughter to feel so comfortable with older people that she can go and reach out and connect. And she got help, you know, even though for some reason at that point she was, private from her mommy and daddy. Um, so it's a lot, it's a lot going on in those schools. And at any point, if you need a break from it, we just want you to know you have you have um, uh, possibilities.
1: Yeah, and starting off for the young parents or the parents with young children, um, those early ages, you know, it's, it's not such a big risk. I mean, you kind of feel like it is the way it's all set up, like, oh, kindergarten and we're trying to get our kids into preschool even when they're two and all that. But it's just so low risk when they're young. And I just kept going into it saying, okay, we'll take it one year at a time, one year at a time. People would say, how long are you going to do it for? And I said, I don't know, one year at a time. And that's exactly what we did. And we ended up doing it for six years. So here's Matthew.
3: Hello. This is Who Matthew,
2: baby. Speaking so, of one of our homeschoolers.
3: Oh, well, I, I can't hear you, but oh, uh, that's right. have a good show, everybody. You you can't hear.
2: Well,
1: they can hear you though, but you can't hear Tam here
2: I'll we'll do this.
3: Oh, headphone. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. I
2: have a little purple in my hair. Can you see it? Oh, wow. Yeah,
3: I do. It looks good.
2: Um,
3: it's changing up yeah, the style. Yeah, so what a bit. you were
2: just saying about um, what was going on at schools. Um, uh, oh, also the pressure, meaning that, you know, we had this incredible second grade reading program at the last school that I worked at. And if those kids weren't reading at that level, like, the parents were freaking out. I'm talking about like such pressure on their kids. Who knows what it was like at home when those kids were doing their homework. But in Sweden, they don't even learn to read till they're in second grade. Right. So these parents would come into my office like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I would kind of laugh at them, you know, and I'd be like, Like, technically, I'm the administrator of the school, but like, oh, my gosh, you know, I taught my kids to read in an hour, basically. I mean, it takes 100 hours to teach your children to read and write. They don't need to be in school all day with all this pressure and these grades. And, And some schools still have grades at these ages, you know.
3: I mean, like, uh, sorry, I'm just going to no, like no, chime please. in no, no, here, but no, regardless of, um, like, what their supposed quote-unquote reading level is, almost all children are able to read, like, English and, like, read stuff at a young age like that, right? Because, like, I know, you know, kids' books are a thing, and, like, I'm sure by the time I was, like, coming to second grade, I had read multiple, like, books to myself.
1: Right. So, Matthew, we don't really have too much time here. We'll see um, when they tell us we're we're done here. But are there some? Are you are you thankful for your homeschool experience? What we're some-
3: I'm very thankful for uh, having elementary school years of homeschooling because homeschooling was just really flexible and a really experiential education. So it was nice to be able to just like you know we're from the Bay, so I get to spend a lot of time at different places in the Bay while also you know learning around different environments and kids of different ages around a bunch of subjects that mostly i had some kind of impact on uh i had some kind of influence on what we got to learn so i thought it was really great
1: i think i spend time with mom absolutely and i feel like our relationship is definitely informed by that
2: um so you know uh, one also, of the you things- guys used to do a lot of cooking
1: Yes, of course we did. We did lots. In fact, we even had a a lunch club, which would meet at our house and it was just terrific. Matthew, tell me about how lunch club was. Oh, lunch
2: club was
3: so good. I I definitely, you know, I've actually learned that many kids my age or some kids my age anyways, who are 18, still don't know how to cook at all. like don't even know how to cut vegetables and, you know, cooking club was great. We would like vote on what meal we're going to make, you know, pick out an appetizer, a main, like a soup maybe. And then we would just all get together one day with all the ingredients and just go in and cook a meal. And, and then
1: we would all sit together at the table and enjoy it.
3: And just like compliment each other's like cooking jobs. And we all like, you know, really enjoy it. You know, you always enjoy the meal more when you cook it yourself. And it's like, when we had all of our friends, all of our homeschooling buddies to like cook it together, it was all great.
1: And, it just you know, it involved a lot of things. Like they would have to look for recipes that they wanted to submit. And then there would be this democratic voting, like he said, on selecting the menu. And then they, there'd be revision, like maybe two of the recipes that were selected don't quite work together, or they both require oven space that we don't have, and so there'd be adjustments. And then yeah. they would budget. There'd be, a, and if they were over budget, they would have to either cut down on the amount of an expensive product or replace it with something else. Um, so there was. I also
2: remember that I was really jealous because when my kids went back to school, uh, Leland had swimming at night and Lexi had. Uh, something at night Uh, a little homework and um, we lost our dinner time mm. and I remember just right. missing that so much and I remember we'd come down to visit and you guys always had your beautiful dinner time we did
3: Which, uh know, pretty much yeah we were we've almost always been very consistent with like you know that especially six o'clock you know regimented dinner time
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we're in a small category of American families on that front, really. And it is, thank you for reminding us about that, because it's, it, that's a very important. As a nutritionist, I know how important family mealtime is for so many aspects of nurturing a child. So, yeah. Um, uh, and the other thing, too, is that going back into school, like, um, I think one thing, too, is that the kids go back in, if they are homeschooled, and then they reenter, whether it's private or public school, they're, they're entering with some interest, like they want to prove themselves, uh, they want to, um, you know, they're, it's new to them, they're not burnt out. I think so often, exactly. some of these kids are just so burnt out on the schooling process, like they don't ever get to catch a break.
2: It's too long. It goes on too long. If I were the queen of the world, you know, I would start around second grade, end by 10th grade and do half days. And that's just enough school. That's just enough school to get a little bit of whatever they're offering, you know. It's not for the workforce. It's it's um, We'd have to find childcare. We'd have to fund that. But um, everybody's burnt out. When Leland went into sixth grade, um, he didn't want to go to school every day. And so he missed a few few days, and I got a letter, a truant letter, saying if he's not in school, he's going to uh, flunk a grade. And I called the vice principal, and he says, it's up to the teachers. Well, the teachers all came back, and he had all A's, because I said to the vice principal, you cannot take these A's away from him. He's so excited. It's the first grade he's ever had in his life. <laughs> and the teachers all said, he's their best student. He contributes. He's helpful. He shares I guess um, students don't share that have grown up in public schools. They put up some pencils on the table and everyone reaches for them like they've been starving for pencils for 14 <laughs> days, you know? So they were like Leland's contributor and that-
1: Oh, we lost him. Um, what I'll say, because we just have a couple minutes is as this air shows, it's Matthew's birthday, May 2nd, Matthew, 19 years old. Happy oh, birthday, Matthew. Happy son. birthday to me.
3: Woo! Let's go.
1: And uh, I want to express my deep gratitude to Tamra again for all her wisdom around homeschooling. I encourage any of you who are even thinking in the slightest about venturing off on this wonderful journey to contact her and and find out more, contact me and find out more. Um, Obviously our passion is great around the subject and it produces wonderful results. So um, as always blessings as you go. My name is Lisa Tremont Ota. I'm your host, and this has been Sacred Exploration.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today for Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Ota. Be sure to listen to our program again next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your week.